2: Just don't realise what you do to me When you hold me in your arms so tight You let me know everything's
3: alright I'm on a feeling feet, Welcome to this week's Failed Cricket Podcast
2: Our end of year special where we take a review of the last year in film and announce the winners of our various failed critics awards uh, i'm steve norman i'm joined by owen hughes hello matt Lamborn. hello and returning for better or worse james diamond <laughs> hello I, we I, I wouldn't miss
3: this for the world. I genuinely, this is the uh, this, these awards are literally the only reason I started up a film blog in the first place. I just, I love voting for things. I love lists, and I love trying to force my opinions on others. So, this works quite well.
2: Yes, it does, and it's nice to have you back, I
3: suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sound thrilled, Steve. Utterly thrilled.
2: That's just how I sound.
3: Yeah, to be fair.
2: It's not—it's not an audio trick or anything. I've just got a very dull voice. No one's
0: disagreeing with <laughs> <all right.
3: laughs> yeah, you. Expecting someone to jump in and defend him now, wasn't it? Yeah. Passion for mate. compliments. Sorry. Anyway, I've
2: got a cold. <laughs>
1: That's
2: why my voice just sounded like a 15-year-old voice for a minute there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> to the start us of off, James—James James has got a quiz that will hopefully have a little bit more of a definitive winner than Owens last week. Yeah,
3: right, Steve. Don't keep going on, Burley. Yeah. Christ. Oh, bloody hell. He's... Oh, I, I missed that. Um, who won the tie-break of the tie-break? No, no one.
0: Owen hadn't prepared. Owen just gave up. <laughs> yeah. I, we had three prepared uh, questions, right? Yeah. Which, sorry, Matt, but you were absolutely... Yeah, I batten- deliberately
1: batten- excluded batten- myself out of that one just to try and make <laughs> it more efficient. And yeah. then, then... very, we went very all generous. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and then, very yeah, really like, gracious between cannabis. Uh, yeah, Callum and Steve then got all the way to the tiebreak, and then they both got the tiebreak question, so that was it. Then I gave up.
2: So there's no yeah, point carrying on. Yeah. I think Callum was a little bit annoyed he drew with me. I think so, yeah,
3: too. and I can imagine you were really happy about that as well, Steve, because you're like, <laughs> not at all. I
2: didn't care because I, terrible, I
3: didn't. I didn't, so,
2: <laughs> I didn't win, so. Okay.
3: Okay. So yeah, so, yeah um, it's a kind of quiz with uh, the year in film type. Um, theme seems kind of topical uh and yeah I, i'll get you all in turn to give an answer um and then whoever is closest it's that kind of quiz here uh we'll get the point i've got five questions it could end up in a 2-2-1 two, two, draw and then i'll have to quickly think of a tie break but um please make sure one of you is better than that um so question one Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was as surprise a hit as you can expect from Marvel these days, considering you just stick a Marvel brand on something. It sheds, uh, it gets a load of tickets. However, how much has James Gunn's Space Opera made in dollars worldwide as of the 18th of December? And I'm going to start with you, Steve. Closest uh, wins the points.
2: I'm going to go <clears throat> in dollars.
3: In dollars, yes.
2: US dollars.
3: Yeah, US not, dollars, not <laughs> Singapore dollars. Nigerian
2: dollars, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure, uh, the currency first. Uh, what do films make these days? Let's go with something like
3: $372 million. $372 million yeah. from Steve, okay. Uh, Owen. <clears throat>
1: um,
0: $485 million.
3: Four hundred and eighty five. Matt. I think I'm gonna take the over. I'll go for six hundred. Okay. All of you were shy of the actual touch. It's so far it's made seven hundred and seventy-two million one hundred and fifty-two thousand three hundred and forty-five dollars. So Matt gets the first point, first blood yes. to Matt. Yes. Okay. Uh just just about a month ago we had the Star Wars Episode 7 trailer uh, officially released uh, on YouTube. And the official Star Wars account. I'm only looking at official Star Wars accounts. How many views has that trailer had on YouTube as of this morning when I was writing this? Um, and I'm going to go in reverse order this time. Matt?
1: Well, it's going to be less than Gangnam Style. Um...
3: <laughs> Which broke the internet. Did you see yes. that? Yes, it did. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it broke 32-bit um, computers. I'm going to no. go for yeah. $150 million. 150 million, mm-hmm. so, Matt, 150 million. Owen?
0: Uh, I was going to go considerably less than that, but now I'm a bit unsure, but I'll go, I'll go quite low again. I guess 40 million? 14 million,
3: okay. And Steve?
2: I'm going to go at 151 million.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was entirely the wrong way to go. If you'd gone one less than Owen, you would have nailed it pretty much. It was 13 million. And 43,289. So, Owen, takes the second point there. Very close, though. That was excellent. Star Wars Almost geeks suspicious. need to have a long look at themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of you two thinking, well, it must have been. I watched it 10 million times. So it must <laughs> be that. Um, okay, question three. This year, um, we found out that a number of very attractive, famous actors are all older than Nigel Farage. It was one of my favourite uh, quotes of the year. Um, but who is closer to closest to the age of Nigel Farage Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp Jet Li or Tom Cruise they are all older than him however which one is the closest to his age and I'm going to start with Owen uh,
2: are you allowed, allowed to tell us Nigel Farage's age
3: uh, Nigel Farage is 50 unbelievable uh, so which one of those is closest to Brad Pitt Johnny Depp, Jet Li or Tom Cruise and there's only about 18 months in it just it's Let's.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, if it's that close, it's just going to be a guess, uh, Jet Li. You get first guess, Jet Li. Owen goes yeah. for Jet. And I'm going to go Steve here. Uh, Tom Cruise. Okay. And so you're left with Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt, Matt. Wow. Um, How I'll, five go, that? I'll go with Johnny Depp. <laughs> and somehow you've all managed to miss the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Brad Pitt is actually only two months older uh, than Nigel Farage. Uh, Tom Cruise is the oldest one there. He's about 18 months older. Um, So no one gets the point there. Okay, let's see if this fucks up the quiz. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question four. Boyhood has been one of the award season frontrunners so far. I'd say probably the frontrunner. But how many best film awards has it picked up so far? At IMDb recognized film award ceremonies, so it's you know when you go on IMDb and it says awards won and nominated for. I'm looking for the amount of best film, not top ten listed, but best film. It has won. Are
2: you had uh, to, to tell us how many it could have won if it won them all. Uh,
3: no, but I will tell you it has been nominated, but this includes acting and directing for over fifty awards. Wow. Okay. That, so yeah so it's going to be less than 50 that's all I can say um, and so I'm going to start first here with uh, Steve
2: I'm lucky for some 13
3: 13 and uh, Matt 26 and Owen I can't I, I know it's
0: very popular but I can't see it winning that many um, best pictures so,
3: so. Seven. and i'll just do my maths quickly and owen takes a second point because it's nine uh it's hey, one nine there we go. best film award so far so going into the final question owen has two matt has one steve has none um so if matt wins this i'm gonna have to come up with a bloody <laughs> um question five then what is the combined age of the expendables three named cast as featured on the poster used on imdb and i can tell you there are 17 names on that list which is just this incredible poster um and i'm gonna start with matt first Oh god here
1: goes my maths Um, 17 eh uh let's go for 1250
3: okay um, Steve mm,
2: Combined age let's say 912
3: And Owen mm,
0: I was going to go for a similar number so I'll say 911 <laughs>
3: And Owen profits on that occasion. It's actually 852. Oh, yeah. uh, so, Owen wins the quiz, 3-1. And Steve didn't even pick up a single point there. He's, how are you I, feeling, Steve? Stick, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like,
2: I'm like the joke entry on uh, oh, Big Fat Quiz of the Year. But usually oh, there's right. a question where it manoeuvres them to win at the end. Like, there's a 100-point question that they get right. Uh,
3: unfortunately, not this time, but never mind. No. <laughs> I, I was thinking you're more like the kind of Norway of Eurovision uh, with Pois, but that's so, just harsh. Mm.
2: I don't watch Sorry. Eurovision. Anyway, something, yeah,
3: yes, oh, there's something um, wrong with me. There's something um, wrong with one of us.
2: Mm. So that's the, that's the the film quiz of the year. I hope that's tantalised <laughs> you to join us after this break.
3: Uh, At least oh, I've done better than Owen yeah. by the side <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that was a definitive <laughs> winner. <laughs> Which was me. Uh, so Yes. Oh, yeah, Owen, do you know what? As, as you've won that, you can pick a film for everyone to watch in that kind of general stuff. By the end of the podcast, see if you can think of a film that everyone should watch on. Something. Well, I would,
0: but seeing as Steve still hasn't watched in Under the Skin, which I picked last time, I won a quiz. Was...
3: He's such a welsh <laughs> He's, he's I... still not watched Final Member either, has he? I
2: did watch that in the end. I
0: oh, did
3: right.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. And I'm, oh yeah, you did, yeah, I'm doing under the skin when we get back to doing proper podcasts in the new year because we haven't got time to review it on this one.
3: Oh, Owen was hoping you'd watch it, love it, and vote for it in the awards. That's what Owen was doing now. I I know his game.
2: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, hopefully this quiz <laughs> and banter has tantalised us after the uh, <laughs> this next break for for some discussion on the on film of the last year and the awards itself. Now it's time for us to discuss uh, the films of 2014 and the year in film in general. Um, so, James, why don't you lead this discussion then on uh,
3: the films of the last 12 months? Yeah, um, I, well, I, I wanted to find out what you guys because obviously I've not been on the podcast for a little bit and we've kind of hit award season and I've I've missed a lot of the discussion that we've had about. The, the time of year when there's generally a lot of good films in the cinema. But my, my feeling when I look back over the last year was that I, I've actually really enjoyed this year. I've i I've seen less films than I have in the last two years before. But I think I've been a bit more picky and I've genuinely genuinely struggled with a lot of my votes this year because I've not because I've been struggling to find things to vote for, but because I've had to cut out some films and performances I really, really enjoyed. What did you guys think?
2: Yeah, very very good year for film. Not just in one particular genre or category, but he had some excellent superhero films, uh, excellent kind of films that you'd say would got for awards. So the Oscars this year, I know someone released it back in the last year, but that was very strong. Um, you know, really good animated films like the Lego Movie, some decent comedies. Not the best year for comedy, but some decent ones as well. Yeah, overall a good good year in film.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's generally been a very high standard. Um, just for example, I was trying to think of the worst films, because, you know, part of the awards, mm. you have to pick your three worst films. And I struggled more to pick three because of there being not so many than I did trying to come up with 10 best films because the mm. were so many. You know, I had. Um, yeah. That that was kind of what struck me and made me think. Actually, it has been quite a good year. I've seen quite a lot of films that I do really like. Which um, yeah, you know, it was I couldn't choose a, a favorite either. I had to sort of in the end plump for the the one I thought well
3: probably deserves it more. um Yeah, I had that as well. Last couple of years, my my best film of the year has been quite a clear cut decision. Hmm. Um, uh usually you watch it and go i'm struggling to see anything else topping that usually quite near back back end of the year as well um but this year i I had four that i genuinely on a different day might have shuffled them around in a slightly different order uh it was it was a real real toughie for me and then just below that the, the kind of second tier was <laughs> still really really good films as well um I, and what i did notice actually not i, I think that the smaller films of I don't know if they've been better or they've had they've been shown more or something. It, it felt like a lot of my films were films that weren't necessarily big budget Hollywood blockbusters. And there were some really good ones out. But actually, the films I were watching were quite that I loved were quite low budget, were quite, you know, not hugely marketed. Uh, and that was that was really quite nice to see as well. What about you, Matt?
1: I think looking back at 2014 in general, if I look at my favourite films in particular, the list would look a lot stronger than it did in 2013 or probably 2012 as well. Um, It was definitely a big year for the popcorn uh, cinema experience, I think, given the number of comic book adventure movies and stuff like Godzilla and whatnot. Um, It was a tremendously strong start to the year as well. I've got so many of the films i like seen to come out in the first quarter of the year. Mm. Um, And I think it might have tailed off just a little bit towards the end, although there was one or two that really sort of saved the boat, if you like. Um, But I I think it's been a very strong year, and and like you say, it hasn't necessarily been down to the biggest blockbusters or the amount of budget Mm -hmm. spend that have delivered the best results necessarily. We've had a a lot of surprises, a few dark horses, there's been a couple of films Mm -hmm. that have really impressed me that I genuinely didn't know a whole lot about until they landed. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a good year for surprises as well. It's been a good year as well
0: for British films, I found Quite Mm -hmm. a lot, like Locke... um, under the Skin, Mr. Turner, 71, starred up and then towards the end of the year, Black Sea. I really enjoyed that as well. And you've got films like The Imitation Game, which are probably going to get some nominations at least mm. for, um, uh, at the Oscars. So I think yeah. British films have done really well this year.
3: Yeah, uh, which uh, kind of brings us quite nicely onto the the awards, actually. Just to remind us, you know, because for the first time ever, we've got our, our best British mm. uh, film kind of loose interpretation of british especially looking at some of the votes and things like that yeah Uh, considering gravity was considered a british film last year yeah yeah what i did say is let's not even get into who funds it and stuff like that because i think no one finds any interest in that anyway so when we came up is is british films in terms of their story and their talent primarily so that'll be that'll be quite interesting to see um do do we want to kick off the ceremony then are we uh, is everyone uh Fully yeah. ligged up. Have you all got your your booze on your tables? I've your, I've uh, got...
2: mixing. I'm mixing drinks. I've gone from Old style to Vicks.
3: Oh, so... <laughs> you are hardcore, yeah. my friend. Yeah, it's you're nice hardcore. Choice. I'm just uh, drinking nice hard knock beer from uh, up in the Lake District. Uh, so just letting you know, it's a very nice beer actually. Um, yeah, this is very uh,
2: much it's... our version of what are you wearing for this year's awards? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it is. Yeah, what are you? Hey, go on then, Matt. What are you drinking? I'm on the serrano lemonade with a dash
1: of lime i'm a classy individual
3: a classy bird <laughs> and owen
0: i've just finished some slow gin some homemade slow gin not my home yeah. i did make it this so i made it and gave it to me but you a reading
3: podcast <laughs> <laughs> i uh, do like slow gin though yeah uh, excellent right well let's crack on then okay then so starting from the worst position and we can we can move upwards uh, our, our worst film award we asked uh oh just before just before we start actually just say we had 23 people uh about uh, so ourselves listeners readers and things like that and it's our biggest ever uh voting sample uh, so thank you very much everyone who did take the time to vote uh we do genuinely really appreciate that so we asked everyone to pick their three worst films and order them and just very quickly guys what was your worst fi- oh what was your worst film of the year oh, what did you Oh, vote
0: frankenstein
3: i oh, frankenstein matt the ride along uh, the ride along okay uh steve I, I remember yours was quite a controversial vote here can you remember what you voted no, for? No,
2: I can't remember anything. Uh, can't...
3: Steve, Steve's worst film of the year was Dumb and Dumber 2. I've not seen it. It just oh, will no. be. Um... <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I just could you. tell
2: by the trailer
3: that would be awful. <laughs> and by
2: all accounts, it, it has been.
3: Yeah, I have not heard good reviews. Um, Mine was uh, 300 Rise of an Empire, uh, which was actually quite a, a popular choice. So the awards in joint third place was uh, 300 Rise of an Empire and Need for Speed, both of which made my list. Uh, in second place, The Other Woman. Now, can someone fill me in on The Other Woman? I, I genuinely don't even recognise that.
2: You shouldn't be filling in The Other Woman. <laughs> oh,
3: God. Oh, dear God. she' nothing but trouble. I've just never heard of it. Was it the Um, thing with Daniel Radcliffe in it, or was that something? Oh, I think it might have been. I don't know. No, I don't think. Oh,
0: I know which one it was. It was which one? Um,
3: with Cameron Diaz in it. Oh God, yes, yeah, no, I know which. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that did look terrible. It did. Um, I'm surprised that many people saw it to vote for it. Um, but the clear winner here. We had quite a runaway winner towards the end, and it. it, Owen's going to be happy. I, Frankenstein, takes home worst film of the year uh, in its return to our award uh, congratulations i suppose oh and what was so terrible about i frankenstein then everything. just remind us just absolutely <laughs> everything there was nothing redeemable about
0: that film whatsoever um had aaron eckhart in it you kind of expect to be quite good you kind of think yeah you know he's quite a well-known actor he wouldn't take on a shit film like like by Frankenstein, but it really was just absolutely horrendous. You know, like um, extra League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or yeah. uh, Van Helsing, or you see stuff like um, you know all those kind of uh, Brothers Grimm films, all those really shit fantasy films that just get repeated all the time on ITV too. Yeah, it's like that, but worse. And apparently, it's wow. like Australia's one of their biggest films ever. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I can't believe it got the push and the um, backing that it did because, yeah, horrendous. Yeah. And I like
3: okay. Jay Courtney. He's in it as the sort of token big. You're one of the only people who quite like him, either as well, aren't I you? I think so, yeah,
0: but he was, <laughs> he was awful. Bill Nighy was in it. He was awful. It, oh, yeah. I was going to say, it I was remember was seeing the wrong. trailer
1: and thinking, what on earth can Bill Nighy bring to this? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I yeah, didn't
3: need to see it then. <laughs> um just out of interest just letting you know we did have in this section a few votes for guardians of the galaxy mm. uh yeah. 12 years a slave uh, and heartbreakingly for me snowpiercer from uh, i know exactly who voted for that um but yeah in yes uh generally the list what i might do is publish this list afterwards was, was real, out of, of, of
2: interest the people who voted like 12 years of slaving guardians yeah. of galaxy when you looked at their voting for, were they obviously taking the piss or were they genuinely? No, I know no, no. who
3: they are. I can tell I, you. I, within, yeah. And um, a few people actually explained their votes quite, uh, quite, quite eloquently, actually. And I, I couldn't really argue with them in the in the case that it was their point of view. I, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy and 12 Years a Slave. Uh, I, yeah, I voted for 12 Years a Slave. I'll, um, I'll argue with them now. They're wrong.
1: <laughs> i must I, admit I, I, had, I had problems with uh 12 years of slave because it's made my top 10 because it's a fantastic piece of, of filmmaking but there was a point where i nearly walked out of it just because i just found it almost too difficult to watch okay. and i'm not well, a pushover for uh, on-screen violence or anything like that given my taste of films but okay. it was hard to watch
3: it was. Well, let's see if we have further discussion about that at some point during. We might not. Yeah, I might be you know, completely playing you all for fools here. Um, oh, Moving on to best soundtrack then. This was actually a really popular because some of the awards, some people just didn't feel like they'd seen enough or they had enough. A kind of expertise or whatever to vote for some categories uh, best Best film always got categories and the actor ones did but some of the other ones didn't generally get people going I, I don't know I haven't seen that many documentaries I haven't seen that many foreign films but everyone seemed to want to vote for the soundtrack one as well it, it did get a lot of votes it was quite competitive um, and I, I, I'll just do the top five in reverse order just say a few really good ones did miss out but um, in fifth place we had Hans Zimmer's score for Interstellar which yeah. is interesting. Um, in fourth place, uh, Under the Skin, which was a um, thingy from Radiohead, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah,
0: yeah, I
3: think so. Greenwood. Was Johnny Greenwood doing that? I can't remember. This is how bloody prepared I am. Uh, in joint second place, um, The Gone Girl by Trent Reznor, uh, score, and The Guest as well, which was a great soundtrack and score, actually. But the clear winner in the end was the... The awesome mixtape volume one from guardians of the galaxy um thoughts gents good yeah i <laughs> mine in there you. but yeah i had interstellar
1: at five and guardians of the galaxy at number one so that will do for me
3: okay I, the guest was my my top choice oh, no no sorry frank was my top choice actually which kind of was just outside of that but the guest was my my second choice because I, I i it's got a great collection of 80s what would you call that genre it's kind of yeah. sisters of mercy type yeah so some eight really eight interesting sisters, music not quite goth that eight... getting there <laughs> yeah exactly um but i do just genuinely remember the soundtrack being a really key part of that film and i think that was that was really important it really set the tone and i, I genuinely really enjoyed the guest but got into the galaxy was just a great collection of songs and i think the, uh, the reason a lot of people probably voted for it is because it it fitted into the film so well it wasn't mm-hmm. just
1: yeah, a soundtrack
3: absolutely. it was it was genuinely part of that film which i think is really nice and uh, i we still seem to see arguments of people on the internet who don't quite get that and I'll, I'll never quite get people who don't quite get that to be honest but that's another issue okay moving on then um best film uh not in the english language or best foreign language film or whatever you want to put it uh, again pr- quite competitive um a few big films missed out actually the biggest one being the wind rises just missing out on the top five here uh so i'm gonna go in reverse order with uh, in fifth place uh joint fifth place we are the best um and leviathan the uh russian uh mm-hmm. big kind of can award winner which i saw today i actually really really enjoyed um then in joint second place two days one night one of my f- absolute films of the year and uh owen's gonna be very happy with this the attorney well, hey. ended up in joint second place the so the uh korean film oh tell us about that just because i that seemed to have passed a lot of people by i imagine
0: yes because it I...
3: didn't appear on many votes it appeared very high up on a few people's votes that's kind of how it got there yeah
0: probably just me and paul voted for that wasn't it um quite possibly actually, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not it's a very difficult film to get hold of in in the uk um so i managed to get hold of it eventually with a bit of help from paul and then he showed he, he sort of put it on to me and i fell in love with it i thought it was fantastic it's like a courtroom drama it's sort of a biopic as well um set in the 80s in korea about a sort of guy who's a student and then he he sort of starts up his own um uh tax firm his tax he's a tax lawyer um after being told he can't do that and then he falls out with all the people who are all sort of educated and it's just a really good film i think it's about um some guy who was uh uh quite famous in korea i think he might even have gone on to be like a, a president or a real sort of government official but he's played by song kang ho who's one mm-hmm. of the best korean actors around so that's partly how i found out early but it's a brilliant okay. film
3: yeah Okay. Um and then big opening of the envelope and maybe this won't be a surprise to people now. Um the winner is the Raid Two. Berendahl, uh the uh, Gareth Evans, Edwards. I always get it wrong. <laughs> uh, which one is it? He's Who did Godzilla? I <laughs> I just generally get those two mixed up. I'm making You know right you've said me. it now, I'm I was certain, but I'm just checking. I think it's Gareth yeah. Evans, but I just wanna it, it. Yeah, it is Evans, yeah. it is Evans, Edwards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's Gareth Evans uh, and Eco Ace. The, um, well, they're kind of good fellas esque, sprawling crime drama, um, opposed yeah. to the really tight first film. I'll be honest, I I'd, I'd love this film equally uh, to the original. I know a lot of people didn't like the change in length and focus, uh, mm-hmm. but. It's a completely different film, but in fact, I think at the time I summed it up as saying it's the equivalent of um, the difference between Fistful of Dollars and Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Uh, they're both from the same director, a same, the same central character and essentially a lot of the same themes, but two very, very different films in terms of tone and um, the way they're put together. Uh, and I love both of them equally.
0: Yeah, I think the, the, there's more story to the second one and as you know a hell perhaps, of a long long story. the yeah. story doesn't always agree with people or yeah they might think it's a bit long but i think personally it benefited from that because the action scenes unquestionably
3: brilliant in the raid in both uh, yeah there's a few of just the best action scenes i've seen in a film in the last uh, yeah. Decade, so, yeah and some interesting characters as well and mm. yeah um yeah no genuinely genuinely loved it and it, it was a popular film
1: yeah, I need yeah. to watch that again. I've always seen it the one time. And I found I didn't get on with it quite as much as the first one. I I found that it had some pacing issues, but I, I do need to give it a second watch. It certainly mm-hmm. wasn't a bad film by by any stretch.
3: Okay then. Moving on to Best Documentary. Uh I- this was this was a very very hard one. Uh, there's about eight in the frame for this one, uh, but I'm going to go straight into the top five, and it's it's one of the podcast favourites in fifth place. Um, well, joint fifth place. Next goal wins. Um, hey. Steve, your thoughts on next goal wins because you're you're the guy who really brought this to a lot of people's attention. I think we can give you some credit here, Steve. You you really helped bring that to a lot of people's attention.
2: I can't take credit for a success and its winning a. a... <laughs> A, a biffer award i can't take kind of a, any any credit for it whatsoever really they might thank him no.
0: in the speech if they win you never know and to steve norman no d- fail critics
2: i doubt it yeah. i did get to interview the, the american Samoan <laughs> national team goalkeeper though, off the back of it it's quite fun yeah, uh
3: that's nice, it is a nice it's a nice it's a great it's a really good feel good film isn't it it's yeah. um It's got a great story. It's got great characters. And again, it feels like one of those documentaries where, and I'm not trying to disrespect the people who made it in any shape or form, but the story there is enough that you, if you turn up and film that, Mm. you're going to have a decent film.
2: It transcends football. There's plenty in it if you're not a football fan. I mean, I remember listening to Mark Kermode's review of it, and he said that he doesn't like football at all, and he was punching the air when the American Samoa won their first game. Yeah. And if it can have that kind of effect on non-football fans, then, you know, it's obviously doing its job. Uh, Definitely. For me, I also don't know if it's coming up later in this list, it wasn't the best mm. football documentary of the year. That was ESPN's 30 to 30 on Hillsborough.
3: Yeah, With that's God. not coming up later on, Steve. I'll, um, I'll let you know that now. Um, as, uh, as sadly isn't uh, Coach Zoran and his African Tigers as well, oh. both of which got nominations uh but didn't quite make it into our um our top five neither did oscar winning film uh 20 feet from stardom which i think probably suffered a little bit from being released right at the beginning of the year and uh and I, what i will say is through these awards there is a little bit of that where i think some films that were out this year but because they've They've been dealt with, in a way, by the Oscars I, and I the think, BAFTAs and the Golden was, Globes. Some people didn't necessarily think to vote for them. I was defi- but you know I was what?
2: Defi- That's their fault. I was definitely guilty of, being, of not remembering that American Hustle and Wolf of Wall Street mm. 2014 films
3: yeah, uh, and uh, but do you know what? If they won't release films over here in the appropriate year, then it's their fault. That's why they're not winning failed critics awards. It's their own. If they if they want to win a failed critics award, they need to think about. Their do you actually
2: have strategy. awards that you should send? You would you, should, you would send to these people.
3: If someone wanted one, I'd I'd make them one. Maybe yeah. you
2: should just make them and send them, send them anyway, them and see if you get any
3: feedback.
2: <laughs> see if you see if you get an actual genuine reply.
3: Maybe we maybe we'd stay on uh, the Wikipedia list of film awards for longer than 24 hours if we did. Poll winners party. <laughs> um, also in joint fifth, just very very quickly, uh, 20,000 days on earth, the Nick Cave uh, documentary, stroke therapy session, stroke <laughs> concert. Uh, which is an utterly brilliant film that was uh that was one of my uh, one of my choices uh, another music documentary in third place mistaken for strangers which i've been meaning to watch and is apparently fantastic about the national and about the brother of one of the members of the national making a documentary apparently it's an absolute car crash so i'm def- i'm gonna look out for that an honest liar in second okay. place um and the winner uh, by quite a way actually i've not seen it yet life itself um owen i know you've seen that very very recently and it was on your list mm-hmm. um tell us a little bit about life itself
0: well it's essentially about roger ebert the um pulitzer prize winning um writer and film critic um it's it kind of charts his life as much as it can from beginning to sadly to end because he he died in the past sort of 12 months but um So it tries to it tries to track it all. It is a little bit like just a tribute to him, which does wind Mm. me up sometimes. Documentaries, but it's done in such a really uh, sincere way. And he was a fascinating bloke, very intelligent, um, very charismatic as well. You know, because considering Mm. you think that people who just sit behind a typewriter or a computer all day, considering that's kind of what his job was, he was a very uh, articulate and well-spoken and seemingly quite likable guy. So mm. yeah, it's a fascinating documentary. I learned a lot from it and, you know, um, got more respect for him after seeing it. Mm.
3: He is a brilliant writer. Actually. Yeah. I've got my Kindle. I've got one of his, um, uh, a, co- a compendium of his takedowns, essentially his, <laughs> uh, uh, the films, uh, like, um, I think the big one was the argument he had with, um, Rob Schneider about Deuce Bigelow, European gigolo, uh, <laughs> where uh, basically Rob Snyder uh, criticised some guy who, who took his film apart, saying that you've never done anything, I've won this award, that award, and then Roger Ebert just turned up and went, I've won a Pulitzer award, and I think your film is trash or something. Yeah. Like that. that was basically, he yeah. He yeah. rolls and I out love that.
1: quite a
0: lot. He uses that yeah. quite a lot to back up his opinion. It, it's a
3: lovely story. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Nuts. But actually, when you look at a load of those, and he has done that to films that I've really enjoyed, but I've yeah. also really enjoyed reading why he well, hated a film. And I think that's really important is yeah. a critic that you can disagree with, but still love hearing why they think that about a film. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? Um, hopefully we kind of touch his bootstraps now and again in terms of <laughs> our thoughts on films. That would be nice. Um, Okay, uh, on to the last of the fil- uh, the awards before the big ones. And uh, I'm just going to let you know, we will take a quick break between this award and the uh, the major ones because I've run out of drink, mainly. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna need to, so we'll just chuck in a break there in a minute. But uh, finally, um, Best British Film, which again was was an interesting one because, yeah, how do you define British? Uh, that for me was quite interesting itself, seeing how people defined British. So, for example, um, two, what I would class as quite, irish films uh one very uh, calvary got a few nominations um i'm not sure how the irish would feel about being classed in best and frank also got some nominations including from me to be honest because once i saw other people were nominating it i thought fine if they're nominating it i will <laughs> but again frank it's an irish director it's got michael fassbender and dom hongley it's a very again it's an irish film i would say there's a few that did, mr turner and the imitation game both missed out on the on the top three and what i do like is actually the top three are are films that are very very British films, and also I think they're not the big budget ones. They're the ones that you want picking up these kind of awards. So in in and it's a joint second place between Locke and Start Up, um, which I'm I'm very happy with. Uh, Start Up was one of the real surprise films for me this year. I, I went to a free preview of it, and not I thought oh yeah here we go British prison drama. Uh, and I was utterly blown away by how intense it was, particularly uh, Jack O'Connell's uh, performance uh, in the middle there. And Owen, I know you've seen, who else has seen Locke? I've still not got around to seeing Locke yet.
2: No, not seen it. Me neither.
3: Well, yeah, I know okay. it's about a 90-minute phone call with a guy who sells concrete or something. But, Pretty much. Uh... Yeah, Tom Hardy <laughs>
2: with a Welsh accent
0: driving down a motorway on the phone. That's literally, uh, I mean, I'm was not it? exaggerating that. It's literally all the film is. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just absorbing completely absorbing and yeah. you know tom hardy you could you could watch him just mix them in for
3: an hour and a half couldn't you never mind try and sell it so
1: <laughs> sailor
3: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think you meant in that way but i kind of think in that way but anyway <laughs> um, uh the winner though um and this is it's the first controversial winner in a way and it's a a very mixed opinion Uh, it certainly divided a lot of opinion but the winners under the skin which was a film that my good friend and fellow podcaster uh from the diamond and human podcasts uh available uh all good record shops (laughs) Um, never never heard of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) never heard of it Uh, we went to see under the skin together and he walked out halfway through it went I can't be doing with this. Uh, uh, walked out. I stayed till the end because I just hate walking out of films in the way that I hate walking out of the football match early and things like that. I, I hate the unfinished nature of it. But I'll be honest, it was it was a bit of a trudge, um, not because I thought it was a bad film. I certainly didn't vote for it in my worst films. And I'm I'm really glad films like it are getting made. And it did make me think a lot about it over the next two weeks, but I still didn't like it but i know owen you were you were a big fan and who who else is anyone else oh, we know steve hasn't seen on the skin yet matt have you seen no i don't generally do pretty well on, on <laughs> no it
1: doesn't make it to the old man and i don't do well on british films in general to be honest i was kind of hoping to believe in that marvelous was going to make it in there at least because i think that was something that was easily accessible to everyone
3: via the bbc marvelous. Unfortunately, Marvelous polled less than the Grand Budapest Hotel, which the idea of that bit. A few people thought that was a very British film. I don't know if that's just the the level of um, command that refines not has. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, Marvelous did get a few votes. Um, but yeah, uh, didn't get there, unfortunately. Next goal wins also uh, got a vote and uh, a few others. Um, and 71 got uh, 71. I'm Frank surprised 71
2: level. didn't make the top five in that. I'd have thought
3: uh, it would No, 71 would have just missed out on the top five. Frank and the double were the other two that would have made up the top five if I'd announced the top I, five. I that. Would have had but under the skin, Owen, you've seen it and you liked it, so at least give a differing opinion to me. I thought it was a two hour long Radiohead video, and I like my Radiohead videos to be about five minutes long.
2: <laughs> I like them to be about five seconds long. Can't stand them. <laughs> Pretentious, whiny bullcrap. <laughs>
1: and i of that
2: it's <laughs> hard
0: to
1: what argue so
2: about like, under the skin
0: <laughs> yeah it is a bit pretentious but i think it backs it up i think it's a very intelligent very clever film um you know it's kind of it it does surprise me a little bit that you weren't so keen on it james because there's things like holy really motors
3: like it.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah which is you know yeah. arty farty in you know inverted commerce mm. and under the skin is also a bit arty farty yeah so- it's really so much when
3: nothing happened. Something was always going on in Holy Motors. I'm a bit easily distracted um, and <laughs> something, you know, there was a man eating someone's fingers and, you know, then there was uh, Kylie turned up and stuff. Um, yeah, In this, there were elements. I loved little vignettes from it. I loved kind of five minute sections here and there. Mm. Um, I just, the bits in between, I just wasn't on board with. And I I, I hate to say it, it bored me for a big, stretch of it there were some bits that really haunted me and stuck with me and i think anyone who's seen it will say that the scene on a beach with a baby crying is one of the most genuinely disturbing things i've ever seen in a cinema ever and it did a lot of things like that very well i I quite liked the the secret camera recording general glaswegians being chatted up by a um (laughs) Uh, a dark haired yeah. Scarlett Johansson yeah I like I like these little bits it just never hung together as a whole for me that that was oh, okay. the problem
0: see I, what I found was that there is a, a proper arc a proper story arc that's that's kind of weaved and hidden through all of that and I think um, I, I've compared without trying to spoil either of them it reminded me of the act of killing in a lot of ways okay yeah particularly with Anwar and the journey that he goes yeah. through and mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of found a little bit of that with Under the Skin. And once I kind of realised what was happening with Scarlett Johansson's um, character, it's hard to describe mm-hmm. this character. Creature, mm-hmm. I suppose, is more yeah. appropriate to what she is because she's never really human as much as she's pretending to be and then wanting to be. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about her journey through that. And I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I think it even made my top 10 films nomination it did, yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah i loved it i loved it and i can't wait for steve to watch it and see what he thinks
3: yeah i it is one that i think i would actually watch again though there's some films i've enjoyed that i've gone i'll never watch that again this one i've said i didn't really like but i still might watch it again because it does make this, me think maybe i just missed something the first time maybe something needs to click maybe i need to be in a different mood i don't know well i think um,
0: everyone who and, watches it the first time will miss something so there's always yeah. going to be
3: something else you're going to get
0: from this on the rewatch yeah. that's
3: what yeah. what i felt like so yeah so uh, i think what we'll do now is because the next bit is i think is going to be quite a big chunk so let's let's take a quick break um and we'll be back after look at me doing steve's job uh we'll be back after this short musical sting so here we go then the uh the the three big awards the ones that everyone wants to vote in um the ones that got huge amounts of votes and some some quite tough battles here actually uh oh no one was an absolute walkover um but we'll come on to that in a minute uh first one then best actress uh best performance by a female actor in a film this year just a couple of notes um Uh, And this isn't telling you anything about the top five at all. Uh, Apart from the fact that Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow didn't make it into the top five, despite being on seven different people's ballots. She Hmm. was always just kind of tucked away at the bottom of... uh, There you go. That's another one
1: I forgot that I've watched this year. And I really struggled to put a top five female list together, and I've left out so many Uh,
3: reasonably good ones. So, so yeah, uh, Emily Blunt was a... But, you know... That was that was a good performance. To see a bit of a hard-ass woman kicking ass mm. in an action film. That that was quite nice. Um, and quite a few actresses had two performances uh, nominated. So Jennifer Lawrence had two, uh, Julianne Moore, Kira Knightley, Marion Cotillard, Scarlett Johansson, and Tilda Swinton all had two performances nominated. But um, I'll just let you know now a few of the people to miss out on this top five. Marion Cotillard with Two Days, One Night, just missing out on the top five. Jennifer Lawrence in American Hustle uh, and Nicole Kidman in Before I Go to Sleep all missed out on uh, this big number five. And the first one, real surprise to me, actually. She she did really well. Uh, Was kind of in third place for quite a long way here. But Essie Davis from The Babadook uh, finished up in fifth place. That goddamn dog movie. <laughs> I, I've not, I've not seen the Babadook. I know it's a bit of a horror film, uh, but apart from that, and I heard it was pretty decent. But I was really surprised to see the star of this end up in the top five female performances here. But what do you guys think?
2: Yes, I think I didn't particularly think the film was all that great as a horror film, but she was brilliant in it, it as like kind of mentally unstable partially depressed haunted mother of a child who had various issues of his own she was fantastic but the rest of the film was a bit rubbish
0: <laughs> cool yeah. uh, i don't think anybody else saw it it was it, i couldn't see it within the cinema with, that was within 30 miles of where i was so i missed out on the babadook uh, okay. it's probably uh, won the it,
3: award for worst name movie of the year that, yeah that, mm. that was one of the reasons that I kind of looked at it well I'm not going to see that <laughs> I honestly thought it was a kid's film uh, Well, I kept seeing uh, whenever I looked at the cinemalistic me too because I didn't were... know much about it I saw The Babadook and I thought "Well, oh, that's a kid's film isn't it it's like The Gruffalo or something like that <laughs> uh, it's, clearly it's not like The Gruffalo in any shape yeah. or form but, um, uh, but yeah Matt so it, thought
0: it was a bit a big dog so there was Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you weren't that wrong
3: Yeah. Um, In Um, fourth place, Matt's gonna milk
1: that joke until the yeah. He didn't actually think that.
3: (laughs) In fourth place, uh, Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, uh, which I've only just seen, and I did vote for her. Actually, I I just I I forgot to ask you what were your guys' um, uh, votes out of interest? Just your top one or one that you really went for? Mine was Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night, a, a second year in three that I voted for her because I think she's amazing and she was in that. But what about you guys?
2: Uh, I definitely had Lupita Nyong'o in there. Possibly you number did. one for 12 Years a Slave. Um, yes. And I think I also went for Meryl Street, maybe Julia well for Osage County. Which was a kind of film
3: well, that I, I you did go for Lupita, and you did go for Meryl Streep in second place with August Osage County. Yeah, It was
2: a kind of film that I wouldn't usually watch, but I did go and watch it because I do film <laughs> reviews and stuff now.
3: And oh, it, it was a, a it was actually really it was
2: actually really good. Did really
3: yeah, enjoy and, that. And the acting performances were great in yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, what about yourself, Matt?
1: Um, I went for Lupita young Was number one. Yeah. Um, her display in Twelve Years a Slave was absolutely harrowing, and I think she delivers You know the biggest sort of body blow
3: moments of that movie. Um, and uh, in Owen, Devastating fashion stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. That was terrible. Cut you off there. Shocking. <laughs> Owen. Um, I
0: I went for Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin, and when I mentioned on the podcast last week, um, I said one of, one of the best performances of the year Callum sort of shot me down straight away and went no the best performance oh. of the year and I sort of went well you know one of the best in- no no the best so I got put in my place there what else could um, I do after yeah, that I had I to
3: vote for her first I couldn't confirm that he did vote for her but hang on let's just see actually I've got his votes here I know he's not here to defend himself <laughs> uh, let's just double check thank for, god we'd be here uh, all night. <laughs> no, he did. He did actually vote for her uh, as as the best performance of the year. Uh and you'll be happy that she's in third place. Just say Patricia Arquette in Boyhead uh, Boyhood uh, is absolutely brilliant. Uh Boyhead, yeah, no, that's a very that's the porn parody, isn't it? Um where they film where they film a young man for twelve years. <laughs> oh my good lord. Um,
2: this is why we got rid of you.
3: Yeah
1: Glad <laughs> to see the next Yes, one more
3: employees are gonna get rid of me as well. Um yeah. Anyway, she she is utterly fantastic in that. There's a lot of great performances in Boyhood, but I, I think hers is actually the best. She um yeah, and kind of if you see the film, you get that. But you you see her um uh, just grow as a mother, which is really really interesting because obviously it's you you see a boy grow up from a boy to a, a young man, but as a a grown person actually growing in that time period as well. That I think that's more of a challenge in a way, and she does that brilliantly. But in third place. Uh, we do have Scarlett Johansson's uh, performance in Under the Skin. And in second place, we have Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave. So who do you think's won?
0: I was convinced it would be one of those two. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah.
3: It, quite a big margin, actually. Rosamund Pike in Gong'o. Wow, that's
1: impressive. But yeah. so that was my number two.
3: And, and she I, I was know... a bitch. You know? she she was brilliant um and i did see a review today and it wasn't a great review of the film but someone saying of all people rosamund pike saves this film kind of thing because i know owen's had a bit of a be in his bonnet about her over the last few years and i'm, I'm gonna stick owen with that one because mm. uh he and and actually to be fair you seem to think that ben affleck's performance was better uh in gone girls than hers I do. If I recall correctly. Yes. Ben Affleck received one vote. Uh, <laughs> for, for best you know.
2: for, for best female performance. Yeah. It's quite, <laughs> <that's> quite impressive.
3: It's <laughs> quite impressive despite a notable lack for it. him in that category. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Roswell I it, I think it's a perform. It, it's in a film which a lot of people saw and it is a very high profile role. Um and I, I do think Lapita and Yongo probably suffered a little bit in the sense that Again, she she's already been up for her Oscar and uh come this time of the year. You kind of mentally separate it, I think, a little bit. But it, some, it still shows people, a lot of people still voted for her. Or some um, people could so clear name Rembrandt.
2: and just went uh vo Rosamond Pike.
1: I'll tell you one thing I... though about Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl that, that might be crucially overlooked here and especially if you have a look at it from the casual viewer's point of view the fire it lights under the proverbial ass of the female viewership like the empowerment that she has in that movie and all women are like, oh boy yeah, I could be that clever like devious, hiving <laughs> <acquiring laughs> bitchiness She no, sounds like a very like cynical, fron- yeah. <laughs> No, it is, because at least that was the experience I got when I watched it in, in the cinema. I saw all the girls who were in there like, oh, my God, this is like our new role model type bullshit. It's just like they were so pleased that it was a woman getting one over on a man as opposed to the other way around for a change.
3: I'm and, just having a look at the people that voted that I know. Are, do you know what? Of the people that I can readily identify as being female voters, not a single one of them voted for Rosamund Pike. I'm full of shit, then. Well... Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's just all the guys that fancied her. Let's let's be really kind of she, patronizing you know she in that seem, way instead.
0: I've seen her interviewed quite a few times on like yeah. TV, and I think I heard her on the radio once as well. She does seem like a genuinely really nice person. I just don't wow, think she's a very, very good, good actress. actress. I just don't think she's a great actress, and I think it is part of the, um, the nominations that it's because it's a high profile role. I would be flabbergasted. If she won an Oscar. Absolutely mm. flabbergasted if she won an Oscar for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. She I did... will
3: be nominated though. She will. Yeah, she will.
0: Yeah. But I don't think she'll win.
2: I
3: don't
2: think
3: no. she'll come right. close. Well, wow. Okay. I mean, so interesting on that interesting choice for winner. <laughs> uh, okay. And uh, I'll, I'll just be honest right now. This is the biggest walkover I have seen in Feld Critics Award history this this one here i'll even give you the numbers to show you and i won't ask everyone beforehand um i will just say uh, a couple of notes on this one this year after there was there was quite a few votes i think was it last year or the year before for andy Serkis in for his work as Gollum in the hobbit Mm -hmm. and there was that big conversation about should um motion capture actors get credits you know and uh, he apparently they've been told they're not eligible for oscars now it and since that um andy circus only got one point uh, he got one fifth place nomination for uh, dawn of the planet of the apes for for his work on caesar so it's quite interesting a couple of years ago we we're all like yeah give andy circus an oscar and for what i think was an equally incredible performance yeah, he got nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and a couple of people here who got two uh, two nominations again. Jack O'Connell, two nominations. Matthew McConaughey, two nominations. Michael Fassbender, um, <laughs> and Tom Hardy, all of them, uh, two nominations. But let's go straight into the top five. In fifth place, with 20 points uh, in our point system, Leonardo DiCaprio for Wolf of Wall Street. Um With 26 points in joint third, Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club, the Oscar winner. Wow. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 Years a Slave, uh, also nominated for the Oscar. Uh, With 30 points in second place on his own, Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club. And then with 109 points, uh, 79 points clear of second place, Jake Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler. Wow. Um, the, that's fantastic. The biggest walkover I've seen in any of our awards ever, and yeah. I'll be honest, he was my number one choice.
2: And
3: mine,
2: I think I went as for, he Ch- quite rightly should be. I think I went for Edger for, for 12 Years a Slave as my
3: top... Uh, you did. Well remembered, Steve. Um,
2: but, yeah, very... Jake June. yeah, he definitely excellent in Nightcrawler. Um, seemed to be playing a kind of different slightly different version of um patrick bateman from
3: american psycho but yeah there was there were similarities yeah
2: yeah but yeah definitely a very very good and unnerving
3: performance Mm. and wow you know and clearly oscar momentum starts here uh, for Jake, um, yeah, this is what people will be talking about. This was the award that he won that everyone before the Globes, before this is where the big mo starts. Jake Gyllenhaal with an absolute thrashing of last year's Oscar-nominated people. Well, I mean, it
2: is it is for you know for our awards that people base their betting on for the Oscars, isn't it?
3: Exactly, that's <laughs> what they say. You know, win at the Failed Critics.
1: Exactly, it's market.
3: Market. Failed yeah. Critics
1: <laughs> sets the lines for that market. Exactly. <laughs>
3: The only thing I would say is is obviously I think that one is fresher in the memory uh, than the other ones and that the other people in that top five did have that hangover of, well, we've already seen their Oscars about 10 months ago and things Mm -hmm. like that. And there is, you know, the other caveat is some of the performances that people have been talking about, for example, Michael Keaton in Birdman Mm -hmm. and uh, Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. They haven't had a UK release yet and they're not being released until next year. So um, at the moment, Jake Gyllenhaal is the only one of the kind of, he was out a bit earlier. Well, um, and Tim- that might explain a little bit. Timothy fall as well, though. Timothy fall in Tim- Mr. Turner
0: can probably get nominated. I
3: just don't think that was seen by enough people. He he was there there. He was in ninth place on the list, behind Rafe Fines for Grand Budapest Hotel, Benedict Cumberbatch for the Imitation Game, and Matthew McConaughey for uh, Interstellar as well. Oh. Uh, and just ahead of Brendan Gleason for Calvary and Jesse Eisenberg for the double. Uh, so, yeah. yeah uh interest um uh, the the other one my second choice because loads of us had um judging, my second choice was actually michael fassbender for frank which uh, it was incredible considering he spent the entire film in a papier-mâché head and <laughs> just such a, a dynamic performance but uh, clearly not enough people saw frank uh that's i uh, Damned annoyed uh, What about you guys Any, Anything that we Missed out there In terms of Big performances Not nothing
2: that I can, not I can Think that. of Nothing noticeable Missed out I don't Think
3: In my well, top
1: three I had Fassbender For 12 Years a Slave I think he is yeah, Fassbender the standout.
3: for Frank Than he did for 12 Years a yeah. Slave uh, I, I At thought the end of that time I think I thought
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman might get A nomination from From something the most wanted man Or
3: single, Not a single nomination For Philip Seymour Hoffman it's Yeah a shame. Yeah I, d- I know that, you know, it, it's something that he never won a failed critics award, and uh, and he's not likely to now. And I, I think that's, I think <laughs> he would have been. A- that. He'd be disappointed uh, with that. He'll be, yeah, he'll be disappointed. We're disappointed. we be disappointed <laughs> with that, uh, Clive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that brings me on to the uh, the big one, best film. Eighty five films were nominated over twenty three ballots. um yeah a huge number of, there was a few weird ones that ended up in lucy got a vote uh, which i'm really happy about grandpa bad grandpa 0.5 got a vote uh, <laughs> not a me marvel for the record <laughs> no no a marvel short that was an extra on the dvd <laughs> <laughs> robocop got a vote there was a few weird ones in there i'll be honest um a few that did miss out uh on the top 20 i'll read through the kind of 11 to 20 very quickly we won't have a big chat about those um but ones that missed out include Startup, up the double 71 what we do in the shadows edge of tomorrow um the attorney uh frank inside lewin davis all missed out yeah oh, like um, a knife to my heart that is no it is i know it is owen um in joint 19th place, three films, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Leviathan, and Two Days, One Night. Two world cinema films I, I very much enjoyed there. I thought Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was decent as well. I didn't think it was a patch on Rise, I'll be honest. No, well, not not a patch well. on Rise. It was decent. It just wasn't as good as Rise. Uh, in 18th place, and there is a, this is where a lot of the blockbusters have ended up here. 18th place, X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, 17th place, Godzilla. Uh, 16th place, Calvary. This is where I'm really distant. 15th place, The Lego Movie. What's wrong with people? <laughs> the Lego Movie being that low. I'm, I'm, the Lego Movie, I'll be honest, took. I think it took my second place in the end. um Her in 14th place. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street in 13th. Not quite making it into the top ten, despite my very half-assed limited. Uh, campaign uh in 12th place snowpiercer which to be fair considering it didn't even get a uk release yet yeah. isn't a bad effort That's good uh, yeah is it, and is, it, then, is,
2: te- it, is it technically eligible then
3: um it, it's it's <laughs> streamed um yeah. so it, and do you know what if it gets a uk theatrical release next year it will be it will be eligible next year as well so uh
0: but it was screened yeah. at a festival this year wasn't it it was, screened,
3: it was at... screened at festival and it's available on various different netflixes and i honestly don't think it'll ever get a release i, I just no i don't I,
0: think so
3: it will never get a theatrical release in this country which is a it's criminal actually because that was that was one of the ones in my top four films of the year which i was really struggling to choose between uh, and then 11th place captain america the winter soldier oh! so yeah, <laughs> just missed out on the top 10. So, heading into the top 10, and it's a joint ninth, just to be awkward uh, at the start. Um, interstellar and Dallas Buyers Club in joint ninth place. Mm. Uh, thoughts, gents?
2: Thought Dallas Buyers Club would be higher. Interstellar, that's probably fair.
3: Uh, I'll be I still think Dallas Buyers Club was a decent film with two huge tent poles of... The performances of McConaughey and Jared Leto. I put two different actors in there, and it's it's kind of TV movie fodder almost. Like maybe no, that's a bit unfair. But I do think it's mostly about two performances and very little else.
0: I I agree. Is that harsh? No, I, that harsh? I agree. I agree. It's a decent film elevated above the kind of um, quality that it should have by two brilliant actors. You know? Two of them at the absolute top of their game, I think, in in Dallas Buyers Club. Um, but also we get, um,
3: Interstellar the Joker shortly as well which will be hmm. interesting
0: yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah but inter- 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 Interstellar yeah. as well Matthew
3: McConaughey is Interstellar yeah, I thought he was brilliant it. in Interstellar so his two films I, out the way I, I, yeah I genuinely I enjoyed Interstellar actually mm. I, I, I know some people have yeah, had a bit of an issue with it I, I, I liked it It uh, for me but it it probably was my favorite nolan film since um since memento actually um really. yeah, yeah i for the first and this was it, i was trying to work out why it's for the first time in pretty much any of his films i actually was rooting for one of the main characters because you never generally the characters in his films are all dicks like whether they're good or bad he, yeah, how, how
0: very is. dare you you just call batman a
3: dick that is he is a isn't he though? He is a bit of a dick. Oh. You know, he's a bit of a vigilante dick. <laughs> um, and 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 he's also a millionaire playboy. Yeah, you know, I've not yeah. got. Yeah, I've got. I'm. I have got i i do not really care if it works out. Really well. <laughs> uh, you know, in the prestige. You know, Christian Bell's character. He was a bit of a dick as well. You know, and and. But genuinely, I wanted. I wanted good things to happen to these characters. And I've never had that you know, in Inception. You know, you're you're all dicks. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I love Inception. No, I really like it. I think it's a technically brilliant film, and I enjoyed it. It was a great, but this was this was Nolan trying to be emotional, and I think on the whole he carried it off quite well. Apart from the Hans Zimmer score, which was just gave me a headache halfway through. I've got no complaints
1: about the soundtrack. My thing with Interstellar, it ranks quite highly in in my top ten, sort of around the middle. I think it is going to suffer from the same problems that Gravity does the year prior, where it's going to be a big screen only movie and it's going to fall to pieces when you watch it at home. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah,
3: quite possibly, quite possibly. Well, I Um, kind
0: of agree with um, everything you've said about it, James. I think it's his best film. I think it's the the best film he's made, but it's not my favourite. I don't think I claim it to be my all-time favourite Nolan film. But everything
3: about it is technically very good. Yeah, Okay. Uh, eighth place then. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave. Um, so Matt, this is where I kind of tried to just stop that conversation a little bit earlier because uh, I knew we'd talk about it again. But yeah, you you had that quite high on yours. It was it was reasonably high in my films as well. Um, although no, it didn't quite make my top ten in the end. It was kind of just off the edge. But you know, big big Oscar winning film. Um, but very difficult to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had it in ninth on mine, um, so mm. it's come about about the same in terms of the overall vote, which is good. Um, again, the, the utter brutality of the movie makes it... <sighs> I think I've said this about a couple of other films that we've reviewed in the past, and I find that this is one of those films where it's difficult to be entertained by it because of the, mm-hmm. the content and the subject yeah. matter we're dealing with. To me, it's not entertainment, and I go to the cinema, generally speaking, to be entertained. Mm. Um, this it's almost a barbaric history lesson. And I think it's one that needs to be told. There'd be certain generations who might be ignorant to things that have gone on in recent history, not just in the U S but perhaps in in imperialistic Britain as well. So it's a story that needs to be told and it's a welcome refreshment to everyone. And it will have more impact on the cinema going public than most films that are going to come out in the next few Mm. years. And that's why it's going to be revered so highly. Um, but again, for me, it's not entertaining enough to get into the the elite of the top ten, right at mm. the, the the higher end. But my goodness, what an experience yeah. it is to see!
3: What I do think is because I know one argument that has been put forward is, yeah, we know, and someone actually when they voted for it in the worst film, uh, it's called it torture porn, uh, essentially. And I, I I totally get that argument in the sense that, yeah, it does really kind of linger on a lot of horrific violence and things like that. Um, but one argument I have heard is that we know slavery was bad. And, you know, why, why do we need to watch it in that, kind, you know, that kind of level of violence. But then you look at what's happened in America over the last few months with black people being <laughs> shot by American cops. And you think, do you know, what? actually, maybe no, we do still genuinely need to be talking about this. And probably we're not still not talking about it enough rather than going, do you know what, racism's over now. Let's not dwell on it kind of thing. And it, and just say I'm probably doing that person who voted a disservice. I'm sure that wasn't their argument, but it's summing up a few other arguments that I've heard. Basically, gone yeah, but you know slavery finished 200 years ago. Why are we still talking about it? Yeah.
1: I sympathise with that stance, but it's much better than that and deserves yeah. to be revered more highly than that.
0: It's also based on a real
3: person's mm, yeah story. True. So yeah, yeah no, and I think that 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 is something that you it hasn't it's not a composite, and it's basically this is what happened to one person yeah exactly. uh, okay it was also uh, the but...
0: second film i saw this year and it's still I, I voted for it in third place and for much of the year it was first on my list so okay it took it a long time, time the year to get ended. Yeah. yeah
3: yeah yeah no that's true um in seventh place then uh the grand budapest hotel which uh i'll be honest i was quite surprised but pleasantly that it was that high and for me it's it it's the first Wes Anderson film since Fantastic Mr. Fox I've really enjoyed, and it would be in my kind of top three Wes Anderson films I think. I don't know, some people would find the idea of a top three Wes Anderson films list utter hell in itself, <laughs> but you know, Ray Fiennes was absolutely brilliant, and it stole the show. Uh, but great fun film, great fun caper film, and it seems to have hit a nerve with people who don't usually vote for Wes Anderson films in these kind of lists.
0: Got a lot of style to it as well and a, yeah. and it was very funny it was very it funny. It
3: was, yeah. yeah and I think that's the thing, it, it was a lot of fun, I think it was more accessible than a lot of his previous ones yeah. um, In 6th place then we've got The Raid 2, Berendal uh, which I, I get probably about a similar, I think it's a similar place to where The Raid finished in our end of mm. 2012 list actually kind of mid-table in the top 10 very very credible for performance for in indonesian foreign language film that's two and a half hours long that only got a week in some cinemas and things like that yeah. so and we've we've kind of spoken about the rate. Right. i'll move on a little bit quickly here uh fifth place into the top five and this is where i'm really impressed with this top five in the sense that it isn't just packed with the big budget blockbuster films and the first one in the top five under the skin made Good. it the to top five of our films of the year I've already said my piece, Owen's already kind of said his piece, but what I will just add to that is, despite the fact that I didn't really like it, I'm I'm still quite pleased to see it in the top five, just because it's nice to see films like that getting the recognition. Even if I didn't get it, I'm, I'm glad that films like that are being seen by people and are being remembered by people.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially because I hope that means that Hunger Games is nowhere near the list. <laughs>
3: uh, you would me... be correct yeah, on that good. assumption. Spoiler alert: Hunger Games is not in the top four. Fantastic. Um, and I'll move on to the top four. In fourth place, uh, Boyhood, uh, which we've not really had a chance. Who has seen Boyhood? Out of interest. No, I
2: don't even think it's been at a cinema or released near me yet. Or if it has, it's been very recent.
3: It, it was quite a while ago. It was out. It was out in the summer. Um, in the cinemas. Seem
2: to
0: completely miss it then, but I, I do live
3: in. It probably, yeah, it was kind of very art house only, so it mm. might have just completely skipped you by. I can't even
0: yeah, that you there. yet either. I've tried, to, I've tried Blinkbox
3: and Google Play and Sky Store. It's Swords. on a couple of. Um, I think Waiku TV's got it on early ownership, early digital ownership. It's not due out on DVD and to own until mm. next year, mm. uh, but Waiku TV's got it on early ownership. Uh, I've just watched it and uh, yeah i really enjoyed it not quite as much as the before series so it's richard linklater and for those who don't know it, he spent 12 a few weeks over every summer over 12 years filming uh young lad and uh and it, growing up and it's it's an incredible achievement all i would say is i think the achievement is the reason people have voted for it the the film itself a little bit melodramatic in places a little bit over long and it just doesn't have quite have the magic of the before films. Uh, but, but wow, fourth place for that film as well. Yeah. Incredible. Um, moving on then third place, gone girl. Um, yeah, well, we've spoken a lot about gone girl. And again, I'm still surprised to see a, a rated 18 mm-hmm. film. Um, that's not a kind of action film up so high. I get, it's really good to see that people are still making 18 rated films a mass market audience and if you get the right film and the right source material clearly people still go and see it as well yeah
0: and the right director i suppose features um very popular but is that three 18 rated films in our list then
3: um
0: girl under the skin and raid 2 yeah
1: um yeah Yeah. that's right yeah that's true maybe there's Um, hope for dread 2 yes yeah
3: (laughs) probably as a slave wasn't an 18 was it it was a 15 or it might have been an 18 i don't know um uh, okay, so let's just let's just get this sorted out. Yeah, there's, the there's big two ones. Films. Here we go. Second place, Guardians of the Galaxy. No
2: way! Oh. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Interesting to see what beat that. Big Marvel I... film. The surprise Marvel film in a way, Captain America yeah. didn't quite make the top ten. Guardians of the Galaxy. the one that really caught people's imagination. I think. Is it? Is
2: it? It's not really a surprise, is it? If you haven't seen it, it might be because they're not like the most well known characters. If you've, if you've seen it, if you've seen if you've it, seen you it, know exactly awesome. why it's it's as high as that. Yeah. Because it's bloody brilliant.
3: Before it came it was it was Marvel's first big risk for a long yeah. time, I think, to green that about and cast Vin Diesel as a tree that only says I am Groot and, you know, and these kind of yeah, it was a huge risk, and 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 James Gunn, the director of Super, you know, um, and Troma films, huge risk, paid off. I I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. It was great fun. Um, and to yeah,
0: give uh, the, the lead role to a com- a comedian, basically a, a yeah. comedy actor, yeah. rather than an actual trained actor, you know, exactly. it, was, it was a risk, yeah. and it it yeah. definitely paid off because absolutely everything about Guardians of the Galaxy clicked with me. And I remember yeah. doing a podcast. Back when you were um, sort of the regular on the podcast, James, and yes. we did a preview of, of the sort of summer mm. films, and I remember saying there I thought Captain America: Winter Soldier was going to be the biggest and probably the best Marvel film after Avengers. Yeah, and I'm completely reversed because Guardians mm. of the Galaxy was the one that made my list, and Winter Soldier was nowhere near it in the mm. end. So I was really Soldier surprised. I think by
2: was in my list, but.
3: But, yeah. yeah, Guardians um, of the Galaxy was of the Galaxy clearly caught people's attention. It brought a sense of fun back to the cinema, uh, back to blockbuster yeah. movies. Yeah. It felt like seeing
2: Star Wars again for the first time. Yes. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had that. Unless you're Owen. Unless Yeah. Felt yes, yeah. yeah. like uh, my first
0: time watching Star Wars. But, but
3: yeah, yeah. I, I get this sentiment. If you'd been a kid, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the big moment, uh, the big award, film of the year. Drum roll, please. No, okay, no one's doing it wrong. Let's get ahead of it. Uh, film of the year is Nightcrawler. Wow, uh, it's, that's amazing. Nightcrawler has it was my film of the year. Um, I put it at number one in my list. I, I was blown away by it. Uh, I, what I loved about it was it was just a nice, self-contained, brilliantly put together film. It, you know, it wasn't a mm-hmm. sequel. It, was, it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't part of a larger universe. It was about a pretty odious central character interesting soundtrack choices which you know we've kind of dis- i'm sure it's been discussed on the podcast and we've had that conversation on the uh, on the website as well uh, incredible central performance but i think the film was more than a central performance although Hall was pretty much on screen the entire time it's an interesting story it's uh very well shot it's it, it's just a brilliant film that i cannot recommend highly enough
0: yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm. So, I, I, this was the film that it took me until whenever it was I saw it. Was it November it came out?
3: Yeah, yeah. Up until I, that I, point, Twelve October, Years a Slave yeah.
0: was the top, and mm. I saw Twelve Years a Slave in January. But Nightcrawler's just sort of crept above it, and inside Lewin mm. Davis, it was a phenomenal film. I'm really pleased that everyone else kind of recognised just how good it is as well. It was a brilliant yeah, it's, film, um,
1: and the support it's one cast of those... was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those films whereby I knew absolutely nothing about it until it landed, um, which made it even better to a certain yeah. degree. you go into it, it with was such low expectations.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. No, you exactly. Right. I think I saw I I saw a trailer and then saw it the week after that, and that was it. There was no huge long build up or anything like that. And then and find out it's the directorial debut uh and also written by but the guy who wrote the terrible born film um <laughs> which just you know really sure sh- is like and he wrote the uh, born legacy and then he did and i'm assuming he did that to pay the bill so he could you know maybe it was a bit of quid pro quo i'll, I'll write that film but i want this film made and if that's the case then fair play and i kind of forgive born legacy a little bit more now because if that making that helped this get made then yeah brilliant because this is Oh, it's just everything that you it's clearly not going to win the oscar because films set in la never win best picture uh, but i'm sure they'll be happy with the consolation of fell critics <laughs> film of the year for 2014 and that that's that's it for the awards um i just had a few questions uh for you um just to kind of finish off this before we do recommendations then. so any surprises films that were too low or too high or anything that missed the cut that completely surprised you steve
2: yeah i thought that um 12 years a slave and captain america winter soldier would have been higher than what they were um other than that i can't think of anything that really missed out on the list that should have been in um or wolf
0: well, of wall street i thought might have made the top 10 i thought wall yeah, i think, wall street I, think, would I, think I think
2: i think that suffered from what james has spoken about loads of people thought it was a 2013 film
3: yeah yeah they i completely I forgot Yeah, that was my number two for the year, which I hope is the reason that Lego Movie uh, missed out, not because people (laughs) don't genuinely think (laughs) it's one of the best films of the year. I'm sure it was number two on my list in the end. I I, love, I I love, I stick by that. Yeah, it was number uh, two on my list.
2: I love the Lego Movie, but I really think there was ten better films in it, really, at least.
3: Oh, okay. yeah. oh, one of the, the oh, I was a bit upset that didn't really get near uh, was The Guest, which I genuinely just love The Guest, this small film that came out of nowhere, totally surprised me uh, but having said that, it didn't make my list either so who am I to complain about that <laughs> um, uh, Any regrets then? Any films in particular that you wished you'd had time to watch this year and didn't get round to? Well, Matt? Judging oh, sorry, by
1: so, um, <laughs> all the good things that everybody said of it, and I'm a massive fan of Michael Fassbender in general, I'm disappointed that I've not seen Frank um, and it's something I'll definitely go out of my way to catch once it gets a...
3: I'll send uh, you my DCD. There oh, you thank go. you, sir.
1: That'd be very nice of <laughs> you. Um, and aside to that, it's not out yet in the UK, but uh, it probably will go down for a 2014 release. I really do want to see Birdman. And it's a shame no. we didn't get to speak about that in light of these awards but maybe next know, year Who knows?
3: it's wide release is the first of january 2015 so it's the first eligible film for next year's awards put it that way um owen what about yourself
0: boyhood was the one i've missed out on um i think i've seen everything else in the top 20 that you've, you've listed except
3: boyhood
2: mm, yeah. same boyhood's probably the only one i'd want to see but living lower near a art house cinema. It's probably yeah. Oh, Leviathan
3: yeah. was in there as well. I don't know if you've seen that. Well, oh, Leviathan yeah. and Two Days One Night, but they were kind of right at the bottom there. Mm. Um, the one that I was annoyed and missed out on was The Wind Rises, Hayao uh, Miyazaki's final film i feel like i should have seen that to be honest but again Um, not
0: a massive release was it there was a few Arto cinemas showing
3: it and it's not really on dvd to rent or anything yet so no you you have to pretty much buy it you can't you can't even rent it for 350 or anything like that okay which films are you most looking forward to or just stupidly looking forward to in 2015 then uh steve
2: star wars yeah obvious (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't care if i didn't see another film for 2015 Nah, they, I wouldn't, wouldn't be care. very good
3: on the podcast though. <laughs> I, I'm
2: not. I'm not well. I watch the films. <laughs> the Callum doesn't think I watch them yeah, maybe, anyway ever. So yeah,
3: maybe try that next time. Maybe try not to watch the films for you. But yeah, oh, no, what about you? Oh, yeah,
2: Star Wars, basically. That wasn't Owen, I, um, that was I'm, me No, no
0: still Steve there. In case you that can't tell between our uh, um, I'm looking forward to both Whiplash and Foxcatcher mainly because of the performances from Steve Carell and J.K. Simmons that I've heard so much about I think they're, yeah. they're the main ones in the early part of the year I'm really excited about watching and Birdman of course from Michael. Yeah. Uh,
1: Matt we touched briefly on Birdman. That's definitely up there for me. Yeah. Uh, Furious Seven, just because I enjoyed Part oh, Six so much. Yeah, um, so I don't excited. expect it to be brilliant, but it was just so much fun. Part Six. So I'm looking forward yes. to that. Ex Machina sounds right up my street. Very much like a live-action Ghost in the Shell. So I'm really excited about that one. And The Hateful Eight gets in there by default just because it's Tarantino. Yes. Um,
3: is that actually out next year then? Is it? I believe so. That... Wow. Okay. Um, I'm just uh, I I was going to have Furious 7, um, but I just need to I'm searching for uh, the look of silence. I'm going to go with in that case the uh, the follow up documentary to uh, the act of killing, uh, which Mm. focuses on. The, the other side it focuses on a the victim, victims of, of um of the so because I and there you go, can't go from two more different films I was going to have Furious Seven as my pick <laughs> for a look of Silence um if I get to see those as a double bill I'll be a very happy man uh, and finally then what have you learned from movies this year uh, Owen I'll start with you are we talking about just 2014 releases or what we've learned no, from what what you've from- just learned from movies in general or yeah anything any nice little Nice little thing to end on.
0: Well, what, kind of, what I kind of learnt from films over the past years, I really love Roger Corbyn. I've really I started to grow a fascination with these that. So Bad They're Good movies. I've kind of fallen in love with him and his films, I'm afraid. Nice. <laughs> Steve.
3: But can I just read you one out from Twitter sorry, before no, we yeah. move on? Because oh, yeah, it no, kind there of, was a few good
0: ones, yeah. There was a few from Twitter, but one that really made me laugh was from Paul, who I mentioned earlier. who put me on to The Attorney and things like that. Uh, at Paster, he said, "I've learned the BFI are morons." He said, "I watched a documentary about potatoes that they were gushing over. It was, unsurprisingly, <laughs> shit." So that
3: was on his um, article, wasn't it? Yeah, the, that yeah. was on his yeah, yeah. yeah his, his article. That's nice. What about yourself, Steve? <laughs> Sorry, what what have you learned from film this year, Steve?
2: Um, I have learned that if I avoid watching films like I Frankenstein, I won't have a bad time in the cinema.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a really good lesson. I've learned that a little bit this year. I've had less time, and I've just not gone to see films like Movie 43 or um, anything with Danny Dyer in, or anything like that. And yeah, you're right, I've not really lost out on anything. That's that's, that's a good lesson. Uh, I think if um... you
2: avoid Danny Dyer in the cinema, you can appreciate him in EastEnders, because that's his level. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um no I've I've learnt that Ethan Hawke is a vampire, um, because there is no other explanation for how he is the only actor in boyhood that they have to <laughs> artificially age during the film by making him grow a stupid mustache and have a rubbish haircut at one point. Everyone else, you see them grow up and Ethan Hawke looks exactly the same in the last reel as he does in the first reel. The man is bizarre. Um but yeah, he's kind of kind of fun as well yeah wait wait Uh, till you see predestination he's a bit weird yes i want to see Mm predestination yes 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 yes
1: uh matt yourself yeah my sort of goal for 2014 was to just try and watch more films in general so the opposite of yourself james and i found that going outside of your comfort zone can pay off um when it comes to going to the cinema in general Nightcrawler was a film that, if it hadn't been spoken about on the podcast i probably wouldn't have even walked into it wouldn't have appeared on my radar and i've missed out on one of my top three films of the year um so yeah getting out of your comfort zone trying some different shit out and taking recommendations from people whose opinions that you value will probably lead to a better cinema experience oh nice
0: genuinely good advice i mean i've really grown fond of like korean films this year and that's partly because of people talking about them. And it's a similar mm. thing. It's kind of stretching yourself into yeah.
3: areas you're not familiar with. and Yeah, very good advice. Most yeah. definitely, yeah. Excellent. Um, okay, then. well, Steve, do you want to finish up on recommendations then?
2: Yeah, so I think the idea of recommendations was kind of to to pick something that people might have missed the last year that they should have seen. And also pick yeah. something that they can watch over the festive period with all the family. The family, So yeah. film that I'm recommending, I'm going to do two actually, uh, that they should have seen over the last year that they might not have done. 71, I don't think enough people have seen that with Jack O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvelous with Toby Jones, it was on BBC. Um,
3: that's on Christmas Day
2: on BBC. Yeah, mm. and yeah. That, that should be definitely watched. Um, Brilliant. Film that you should all watch with your family and that, I think the Lego Movie is going to be on Sky.
3: Um, uh, yeah, Sky movies have gone. So that, everyone yeah. should be watching that over Christmas. Great choice. Yourself, James? Me, I've uh, the film that I think people should watch and they might have missed out on. The Lunchbox, uh, this great little Indian film that uh, me and a couple of the fellas watched at Glasgow Film Festival. It's now available on UK Netflix, and actually, it's quite a good one that you might want to watch with your family, as long as they don't mind reading a film, basically, because uh, it's in Hindi. But it, it there's no dancing. There's <laughs> no. It's not two and a half hours long. It's, it's just a film. In, set in India uh, and it's a, a brilliant brilliant film, really really enjoyed that in fact I got a text, I think it was from Dave McFarlane because I didn't have his number in my phone I'm assuming it's Dave, it just said the lunchbox is on UK Netflix, get in you fucking <laughs> um, and my family viewing, well obviously Holy Motors is only on Netflix until the 28th of December so uh, if you're going to watch that with your family get it done before then <laughs> um, but seriously uh, yeah, don't watch Holy Motors with your family um, Scrooged is on UK Netflix. Oh, that's and it's also, on, it's also <laughs> on Christmas Day on Channel 4 at 2.05pm. Or you could watch Muppet Christmas Carol, I suppose, on UK Netflix. I've never read or seen a proper version of Christmas Carol. I Basically, I know a Christmas Carol from those two films. <laughs> and the fact that they are both so similar and have the exact same story beats makes me think that they must actually be really close to the original story because they're really similar to each other. And I also just love the way that Michael Caine he he just doesn't look like he's acting with muppets he's genuinely taking that really really seriously uh and so yeah scrooged or muppet christmas carol i've cheated a little bit there (laughs) okay matt um well i haven't
1: had a chance to go through my radio times and pick out my christmas viewing properly yet so i'm going to take a couple quick stabs in the dark um seeing as wolf of wall street did finish outside the top 10 if you need some adult viewing when the kids have gone to bed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Give it a go because it's it's dramatic, it's ridiculously funny, and you can't help but like, even though he's so much of a cunt, uh, Jordan Belmont, and it is just a, such a fantastic character. And I think DiCaprio is unfortunate, and, and quite an, a number of other years he might have gotten much closer to an Oscar than he's ended up doing this year for that film. So check that out. Uh, the other one that we haven't given uh, a lot of uh, praise to. On the podcast in general, particularly on this show, was was Twenty Two Jump Street. It's probably not quite as good as the first one, but given how much uh, my name is Jeff, it's become such a big <laughs> internet meme. It's guaranteed laughs, and it's definitely suitable for all the family. It's not going to upset anybody too much, so uh, you can sit down with the kiddie winks and all enjoy a good laugh at that one.
2: Okay, and Owen, quickly. Quickly, yeah. Um, there's a film.
3: Because Steve's at the door. Got
0: heart, yeah, he's got his shoes on. He's nearly there. Got his coat. Um, a film <laughs> people might have missed out on, which was shown as part of BBC Storyville, because um, I think it's been a great year for documentaries, and Storyville in, in particular has been very high quality, consistently high quality. Um, Shooting Bigfoot was a really good documentary. Um, about a guy called Morgan Matthews who went in search of, of Big Four. During his travels, he meets a guy called Tom Biscardi, who is my favourite documentary character since Billy Mitchell in King of Kong. Wow. That he is, is fantastic. He's got, he's got to be seen to be believed. He's that kind of character. Um, ending of the documentary it's like, slightly lets it down, but it's a really, really interesting documentary. But the film that you can watch with your family and also one that I, I'm really going to recommend, Avengers Assemble gets its... TV debut, BBC One, 8:30 PM on Boxing Day, and nice. you can watch it on BBC, no adverts, no ad breaks, just all the way through with everyone around. Late enough for no cuts as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely Avengers Assembles, my my big recommendation this week.
2: So you think Mule and Quim will make it into BBC at you know kind of price? Well, that time appears
0: quite Day. late, doesn't it? So that'll probably be half on night about night four, nine-ish, yeah,
3: half nine. Yeah, yeah, it made it into a 12A film, so I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all then for
2: the Failed Critics Film Award of 2014, all for this week's podcast, and all you're going to hear from us for the rest of the year, uh, thanks to everyone who's listened and contributed to the site in any way, not just for this podcast, but for the last 12 months. Next year, we'll be back with a slightly different format. You won't get rid of me and Owen. We'll be here every week, um, but we'll be rotating... The other members of the podcast on a more regular basis to give you a bit more variety. Um, yes. With we'll any explain luck. that
0: on the first podcast
2: next Yes. Month. Yes. Yeah. When we know yeah. more, we'll explain more. But...
0: It's the new season of Failed <laughs> yeah. Critics.
2: Yeah. Yes. Some yeah. of the old cast are here, some new casts are going to be there. There's going to be some
1: comebacks. It's brilliant.
3: It's like when the two Star Wars, uh, no, Star Trek generations <laughs> uh, kind of made the film. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: We'll get so, so this on, is more yeah. Deep Space Nine, right?
2: I don't know what any of those words mean it's Star Trek 4, we'll end up as
3: yeah, we're going to go find some whales awesome, I'm well excited
2: anyway, uh, yes, thanks for that have an excellent Christmas, excellent new year I'll see you in January Stop for a minute
3: or plow uh, on. Right, I think that's I'm good with yeah, my old soil. Old. Mm. Rock and roll. I hope you're snorting it or something. Yeah. Putting it up your up bum or something. How's that gonna help? <laughs> my snorting nose? it through your bum.
0: are all doing <laughs> that, yeah.
3: A bit like
0: uh, Belfort in uh, Wolf for Wall Street, just snorting on yeah. someone else's so. arsehole. Yeah.
1: Anyway, right, that's staying in. <laughs> You just gotta save that for the discussion about Wolf of Wall Street,
3: but anyway. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.